And I love being an engineer. It's 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 Sherlock Holmes and and being a writer at the same time. It's it's like doing stuff with with your hands and and creating stuff and seeing it work. Welcome to Twenty Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 225. Our guest today is Gil Tayar, a senior architect at Apple Tools. From the olden days of DOS, Gil was and is and always will be a software developer. He has co-founded WebCollage and designed cloudy projects at Wix. His current passion is figuring out how to test software as a senior architect at Apple Tools. Gil Tayar, thank you for joining me. How are you? Good morning. Good. Very happy to be here. I, I'm very, very happy to be here. We've known each other for quite some time. Uh, you've been a, a very important part of my personal journey, both as, as a mentor uh, throughout, mentor and judge throughout the different hackathons that I organized. But more importantly, you've introduced me to, uh, to the whole world of developer relations and, 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 and advocacy for, for a great engineering and great coding. And, and I've gained a lot of inspiration seeing how much you enjoy the work that you're doing. And uh, I, I, don't, I, I speak to a lot of people and I know a lot of engineers. I don't think I've yet to meet somebody who's as excited and enjoys their work as much as, as you enjoy it. Uh, so, it, thank you. so it's really heartwarming. Also, thank you for, for sharing that passion. Uh, and I'd love to focus these 20 minutes both on that passion, but more importantly, on, on the world of engineering and, and knowledge sharing. Now, just for context, there's, uh, I know that there's thought leaders in a lot of industries, right? There's thought leaders in philosophy, thought leaders in economics. But you've introduced me to the world that there's thought leaders also in engineering and in good coding habits, good engineering styles. And, and that's what I'd love to allude to later on. But first, Gil, take me back. Who are you and how do you become an, an engineer yourself? Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm like, uh, I think the first wave of developers that wanted to be developers in Israel and probably in the world. Uh, I started at the age of 13 and we're talking 84, 83. So uh, it was the dawn of the PCs. Uh, there weren't any PCs basically before that. It was all mainframes and mini computers. Uh, at the age of 13, I got a, a ZX81 from for the bar mitzvah. Um, I'm not even going to pretend a, that I know that I that I know what it is. Uh, it's it's like this little little computer with chiclet keyboard, and it had one k of 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 RAM, N- not one megabyte, not one gigabyte, uh, not one k, and it, you could write little basic programs, and you connected it to your TV. Okay, there weren't any monitors then, and you stored your uh, your uh, programs on a on a on a tape recorder. Um, it, that that's the way it was, and I learned basic, and I loved it, and I upgraded to 16k RAM and everything, uh, and decided this is what I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. I got an Apple II afterwards, blah blah blah. Anyway, long story short, I ended up in Mamram, uh, which is the com- the um, computer. It was the big computer unit uh, in in uh, in the Israeli Defense Force. It still is. Uh, uh, very similar to uh, uh, 8200, uh, and uh, back then, much, much more known. Right. 
I, I did the whole training, nine months of computer uh, programming course. Wow. And they wanted, and, and this is part of the DevRel journey, and in, in a sense, it's the start of it. And they wanted to me to stay as a trainer for computers, uh, for, for, for the soldiers. And I said, yes. And, and just understand, I was like this shy, not very talkative person. But what I found out was that once I go up on a stage, I transform. I transform into this, like, sorry for the that, a charismatic, talkative, funny, and everything speaker. And, and, and you know, when I go down, back down out of the stage, I, I go back to being shy. And, Fascinating. And, and not, not Obviously, slowly, when I went back out of stage, I, I continued being that talkative and funny. And That's the girl person. that I know. Right. <laughs> exactly. So in, in a way, that was the start of, 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 of changing myself and, and being more confident with myself. And DevRel and, and, you know, talking in front of an audience, if you can, you know, if you can do it gives you that it gives you that confidence because you go and you speak and, and and people and people look at you and you know they clap and it's a it's it's an immense it gives you a lot of confidence a lot of a lot of uh, um um confidence 100 percent, 100 but so so you start off so your dev relations journey starts off back in mamram when you're going and you're teaching and you're training the next cohort of of engineers in the army and and but you continue yep. doing that throughout throughout your your entire career right until today you still go to to many conferences every year you go on stages now you do it over zoom obviously but besides that you you, you still chose to be a proper engineer a senior architect right in 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 various startups and companies so why so so first of all let, let's focus on that why be a senior architect what is it about being an engineer that excites you that you said okay i want to continue being an engineer because a lot of people that i know at some point they said yeah we had i had fun being an engineer now i want to start managing teams and i want to 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 go into the more managerial scene but you decided that you're still want to be hands-on and be an active part of the engineering part of a company right yes um there's this Tension. Once you get good enough, uh, the company wants you to, uh, uh, you know, go up the ladder. Mm-hmm. Okay. And back then, there was only one ladder. You become a team leader, and then, a, you know, a director, and then a VP R and D, and that's it. Um, uh, and 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 I, I tried that, and I find that I I didn't like managing people. I didn't like. Back then, I didn't like being the one responsible for what they were writing. Right. Um, you know, and I decided, okay, everybody wants me to be, you know, whatever, uh, but that's not what I want. Uh, I want to code. I'm, I'm a farmer. I'm, I'm not a, you know, uh, I want to till the soil. Uh, I want to, you know, smell the, the, the leaves and, and figure out what, what, what's right for them. Uh, and, and, and that is what I want. And that is what I wanted. And obviously being a good engineer, I, I kept being pulled up and, and my career was like a seesaw. It was like being pulled up to managerial position and then saying, Oh no, I don't want that. Being pulled up. <laughs> After a while, I understood that, fuck it. Uh, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that anymore. And whenever people said, hey, you want to be a team leader? I said, just no, 
Uh, I, I learned to say no, and I love being an engineer. It's 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 Sherlock Holmes and and being a writer at the same time. It's it's like doing stuff with with your hands and and creating stuff and seeing it work and not you know managing the people that do that. And and I'm not disparaging. I mean, we need both kinds of people. Sure. We need managers. We need software developers. But you can have a career that. You know, you can have a career that goes the managerial way, that forks to managerial, but today it's called an individual contributor, I think. Uh, you can have a career that goes up the, you know, more professional, uh, technical ladder. And, and you know, the salaries are almost, almost like 10%, almost as high. So don't worry about your salary. It will be high, especially if you're good. There, I mean, a good software engineer, a great software engineer is worth their weight in gold. So 100%. if you want to do that, please continue. A hundred percent. I you know just to, for that, I, I caught me by surprise as I was going through my own journey within the Army and 8200. One of the things that uh, that was very interesting for us as soldiers was that people that are professional and they're staying in the Army, let's say, for five, six years, uh, but and they're they're still engineers. They're still hands on. They make more money than somebody who's an officer and who's leading a team of people. And it was it and you know it was a big dissonance because especially in the army where where you're a lot in a lot of places your rank identifies your credibility and sort of your paycheck. Here you have a unit that is one of the leading units in the IDF and probably in the world in, in terms of engineering. And it says, whoa, whoa, whoa just FYI, if you're if you're professional. And you're really, really good. You're going to make even more than the managers, uh, which is which is very unorthodox and, and it's very interesting. And I'd love to hear your take because a lot of the people that are watching this are not engineers. And um, you know, I, I I'm a huge advocate for studying computer science. I'm now studying it hands on. And while I may not be the most passionate guy in the room about computer science. I am deeply passionate about problem solving and the ability to problem solve using the skills that we're gaining. So I'd love to hear from you why, what, what is so attractive to you about engineering and perhaps maybe, you know, demystify some of the, some of the scary notions behind what you might be doing on a day-to-day -day basis. There, there are two kinds of developers. Um, that, that, that's how I think about it. Uh, uh, the developers that think that uh, software development is an engineering and the people that think that software development is a craft. It's, it's, you, you can immediately spot them. The engineers think that, you know, we can get too perfect. Uh, they love type systems, you know, um, because they believe that if you get the types right, everything will fall into place. Right. And then there are the craftsmen. They understand that nothing's perfect, and uh, software development is like uh, it, it's like uh, you know um, uh, it's it's like voting in the U.S. You can never reach a hundred percent for some reason. It's always like a tangent to perfect, and you can strive to that, but it's never that. And you always have to mangle it and fix it and, and deal with with you know practical problems. I'm a craftsman. Uh, and as a craftsman, I love to create. I don't see myself as really different from a, from a carpenter or from a, you know a, a, what do you call it a, a, somebody who makes dresses and and, and, and and stuff like that. That I create using my tools, which is like the ID and the keyboard and the mouse. But what I create is as creative. Uh, as 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 other craftsmen like you know carpenters and, and whatnot, that is how I see it. 
definitely there's an engineering part of it. I'm, I'm not saying no. But the way I see it as craftsman, and as a craftsman, almost an artsman, uh, almost an artist, that is the passion I, I bring to my work, craft. Right. And I think that, you know, that, that is a great leeway to the, the notion of being the of developer relations and sharing your craft and sharing your passion. Because when you, when you explain to me that you're going up on stage and you're bubbly and charismatic, you're talking about code. You're not talking about philosophy or economics or politics. You're talking about JavaScript often, code behind you, and being charismatic about it. And that is something that I think is going to be interesting for a lot of people to hear because it's very counterintuitive. Because up until now, you think of an engineer, you think of somebody who is a coder, they're sitting down in their own silo, and they're, you know, they're, they are not really you know, human to human. Yet you're here and you're breaking that paradigm and, and I encourage anybody to go and look up Gil Tayar on YouTube because you, you did many of these talks. First of all, what is developer relations? And then how does that fit into you know, this idea that there are, there are thought leaders in the engineering world? So developer relations was, used to be called uh, uh, evangelism, and then it became developer relations, and now it's developer advocacy. Right. But it's basically a lot of things in one. Uh, one is... If I'm a company, if uh, I'm an Apple tools right now, and uh, we do developer tools, so if we do developer tools, we need to market to developers. And who's the best person to market to developers? Well, other developers like myself. So one thing I do is we're we're dealing with visual testing. So I talk about testing in general and visual testing in conferences, and thus introduce people to Apple tools. Not as a marketing, I, I don't say a lot of Apple tools. Uh, I made demo with Apple tools, but that's about it. But as, oh, okay, there's this thing called visual testing. Let's let's try it out. And, and let's, and let's try it out with Apple tools. That's one thing. Another thing is is branding of the company. I mean, Wix has used it in Israel very nicely. Uh, that is how I started the uh, uh, developer advocacy. They don't care about developers in terms of developer tools, but they want the best developers in Israel to come to Wix. And one of the Best ways to do that is to create a brand of Wix engineering so that uh, developers will want to come to Wix because they hear me speak or, you know, other developers speak at Wix. So that's the other side of developer advocacy, which is great for other companies. And the third is we're a community. Um, there's no thing about, I mean, especially, you know, open source. It's like everything's free, everything's community driven and bringing, giving back to the community is part of what I do by, by educating, by showing what I've learned and, and, and you know, talking and, and, and all that stuff. 100%. So those for me are the three uh, facets of, of developer advocacy. And, and I love, you know, three of them. How do ideas spread? in the developer world. So in economics it would be, and, and physics, it would be through scientific papers. In politics, it would be through news. How do ideas spread in the world of coding? Because some, oftentimes, the things that I see that you're talking about, let's say visual testing, or why you should write tests for your CSS. I mean, those are things that are not necessarily mainstream for a lot of organ organizations. And yet you're coming and you're suggesting a paradigm shift or, or a break in conception that is not that easy. So how how do these new ideas become mainstream in our world? Uh, just, just like memes, uh, um, um, 
it's a it's a struggle between ideas out there, and and the best idea wins in in, in a way, or like the most um, influential people that bring the best ideas, they win. And, and in essence, and 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 credit is a lot about you, not just about you know the ideas you you bring to the table. Um, um, cr- credentials is going out there and telling what you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's like new visual, like visual testing, or if it's like regular stuff. Like when I talk about ES modules in, in Node.js, uh, go out, talk, have people see you. Do a lot of Twitter. Don't do Facebook. Twitter is where the thought leaders are. <laughs> um, um, do and, and you know start start small. Don't don't try go to JSConf right uh, immediately, which is like this huge conference. Start with local meetups. Uh, get gain the confidence there, gain the people there, and then start going up the ladder to you know um, more international Israeli conferences and then international conferences, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, credibility is 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 it, it takes time. Uh, for takes me, time. it's like six seven years. So. Uh, uh, it, it takes time. Start small, slowly grow up. Talk about what you know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you would believe you wouldn't believe how much people are thirsty for information. 100%. Talk about what you know. It'll be great. One hundred percent. Now your your title is senior architect, and obviously yes. that's that's not a building architect. It's it's a different type of architecture. Uh, how is that different from being an engineer or a coder? Uh, what what is an architect in essence? Uh, my my sarcastic uh, uh, answer to that is an architect is a coder who's too old to be called a coder. Um, but but seriously, it's it's not just that. Once you reach a certain level of of, of system, like of of of, of product, uh, where you have more code, and it's not just you know one server, one Postgres, one, one database, and, you know, REST API or whatever. Once you need a system comprised of microservices and message passing and everything, you need somebody to figure out what those building blocks of that product is. And that's what a software architect does, uh, basically. I hate software. I call them architecture astronauts. I hate software architects that just build, you know, the architecture and then throw it to developers to code. That is totally wrong. I build the architecture along with other people, and then I just plunge in and write it as we go along, understanding the problems with my design as I go along and, you know, changing it to fit whatever is needed. 100%. So for, so for those, those listening that are deeply passionate about engineering and they see, it, they see themselves as craftsmen just like uh, you see yourself, and they're excited about these, about being that Sherlock Holmes, that you're both solving the issue, but you're also a novel writer. I, I just I love that analogy. And what what some what tips can you give from your experience as they're going on their journey over the years to become better and more skillful? Um, two things, at least, that come to mind. One, understand the technology you're working at, at an, in a deep sense. So if you're using promises, please understand promises correctly. If you're using, uh, I don't know, uh, functional programming, try understand what functional programming is about. If you're using uh, Kubernetes or Docker, how does Docker work? Okay. Theoretically, you don't need that information, 
but practically in the real world you do sometimes and the more the deeper your understanding is the more people will uh you know come to you for advice and and you can figure out the weird problems so that's one deep understanding of whatever you're doing the second thing is over communicate i i don't say communicate i used to say communicate but people you know when uh, over communicate say more than you think that should be said it's like when you're acting you're supposed when you're smiling you're supposed to smile much more than regular so when you're communicating do more than you what you think you should be and then you get to the right level of communication okay we problem solved gil why under why over commute why over communicate and not communicate because people tend to under communicate so when you say to people over communicate uh they give the right amount of communication also when you're explaining something when you're talking about what you're doing The other side doesn't really understand the context, so you have to explain and re-explain and re-explain the context. And, um, and, and that context, along with your explanation, that's how you get over it. And communication is crazy important. If you don't communicate, then people won't know how good you are. People won't know, and, 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 and vice versa. And I, and I feel a lot when I over-communicate, when I like write, 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 and then I say, hey, wait, wait that, that's wrong, and then go back to my software and fix it. A lot of times when I explain something to somebody, I, I figure out things myself. So talk, 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 write, write, write as much as possible. Gil, I think that's, that's, that's such a great insight because I think at the end what you're saying about context is crucial. We sometimes think for hours about a problem uh, and we come up with our, with our resolution, right? And it could be you know, a three-bullet resolution of what we think should happen and we, and, that's the, and we only provide the outcome, but we sometimes neglect to provide the whole thinking process which explains the rationale behind the solution. And even if the other person understands it, they might not accept it, or they might not even understand our solution without the context of the thinking process. So that's definitely uh, one of the most important lessons that I'm taking with me from this. Gil, I want to thank you for both the inspiration, these 20 minutes, but overall, I think it's been uh, maybe seven years since, uh, since we, you know, we, we've been in contact. So, so thank you for that. And thank you for, for helping so many youth around Israel and the world through hackathons, through your journey. Uh, and obviously the countless people that, that are watching your lectures and your presentations on YouTube and live. Uh, but before we leave, I have to ask you for three words that you would use to describe yourself. Um, fast, uh, communicative, and it didn't r- really uh, um, come out this time, but funny, um, lots of memes. I can, I can definitely <laughs> testify for that. Gil, thank you very much. Stay safe and stay healthy. Hey.